The Pete Show. I am your host of the Clear Mind Fitness Podcast. Let's go. It's Clear Mind Fitness, baby. Welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome back to another episode of the Clear Mind Fitness Podcast, episode number eight. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> episode. Number eight of season five. Hey, let's go. Hey. <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. You know, I always like to tell you to welcome back. Welcome back, baby. Today's episode is called Word is Bond. Word is Bond. And that is called, I named it that for numerous reasons. You know, when you think about your word, you know, um, the phrase itself, you know, word is bond is something where it's like, okay, when someone takes you at your word, you can, they, that's an understanding that both of you all, both of you all, <laughs> both of you all have an understanding that what I just said, no matter which way you perceive it, should be factual. Word is bond. If I'm telling you that I'm going to pick you up at seven o'clock, I can guarantee you I'm going to do my best to be there at five minutes to seven o'clock. Word is bond. I'm like, yo, if I tell you I'm going to do something, I want to make sure that I do it because your word is all that you have. And if that's all that you have, and you don't stand upon uh, a good, you're not in good standing with people when you talk to them, then people won't believe you, and then they won't uh, necessarily, they'll see you and go the, op- the opposite way. They'll see you and go the opposite way. It's like, man, nah, this, this person, their track record doesn't uh, speak highly of them. And that's one of the things that I want you to understand is that your track record always follows you. So even when you're presenting yourself for a position or you're presenting yourself for a uh, uh, a life empowerment struggle that you, you're trying to position yourself well enough to where you like, look, I'm going to make sure that whatever it is that I'm going to do, I need to put forth the best effort because your track record speaks for you before you even speak for yourself. Right. So when someone sees that you are a problem, uh, you have a smart mouth or you talk back or you, you don't think before you speak, those are the type of intangibles that is like, yeah, I don't I don't want those. Because that's what they pride themselves on. You, if you're a person that is of a complexity, uh, uh, you just want to be complex with everything. You're just like, nah, I want to be, uh, I want to go against the grain with things. And when people know that that's your track record, they're like, yo, the word on this person is that they they aren't too involved in their own livelihood to make it better. They're more concerned about what other people are doing and how can they emulate what the other person is doing even though that may not be their calling, that may not be the time, and that may not be the season. But you're asking for things that's not ready for you, or you aren't ready for it, rather. Because there are a lot of times that we we ask for things, but we aren't ready for it. We aren't ready for it at all. So when, when you know that, you're just like, man, but when you see something, and you see how other people are attaining it, you will get drawn into that. And you're like, oh, man, I want to make sure that I'm doing what this person is doing. But you don't know what it takes to to make that happen every day. Right. So one of the things, you know, and I love listening to E.T. You know, I listen to E.T. all the time. And one of the episodes was about Warren Buffett. Right. And Warren Buffett reads the first thing that he does when he wakes up in the morning time is that he reads six hours a day. So he reads for six hours, regardless of anything. He wants to understand that. 
I need to have knowledge and knowledge is power. And the more power that I possess, the more moves that I can make for the world in its entirety. So when you do that, if he's reading six hours a day, seven days a week, he's reading 42 hours a week, 84 hours in two weeks. So he's almost at 170 hours worth of reading in a month with worth of knowledge. Right. And one of the things that captivated me, because when you put out the words, I tell you all the time, words are spells. So when you speak, you spell out what it is that you want or you don't want. Right. So he bought Coca-Cola because he understood that at the time that Coca-Cola was manufacturing or I should say selling one point nine million eight ounce glass bottles of Coca-Cola a day. So he went and had information because he, he read so much that he knew that just increasing the price by a penny would overall would take him up by so many percentage points. And he didn't necessarily make a, a crazy monumental change. What he simply did was is understand that there's a model, okay, that he had to follow. And he saw that by them selling 1.9 million eight ounce glass bottles a day, He's like, I need to buy that, capitalize on it. But he, he was only able to make those type of decisions because of the knowledge that he uh, instills in himself every single day. Think about that. How often do you take time to read and attain knowledge? Knowledge is power. A lot of the information that we want to possess are in books and by far uh, on our phones. <laughs> by far the most unique technique is, a, is the phone is what I meant. By far, the phone is the most powerful. This smartphone thing is like the most powerful thing in the world right now. There's so many different things that you can do with just this mini computer that we have in our pockets every single day. Like we have this mini computer in our pocket that can help change the lives of many every single day. So when I say you don't ask for things in a certain season, that's just like asking uh, for fall to come in the summertime. It won't happen that way. Like there are certain things that you're going to go through through different seasons that you have to see for yourself in order for you to achieve the next goal. You can't ask for orange and yellow leaves in the summertime. It won't happen that way. That's not how it, it, it formulates. It's green. You know, that there are certain aspects of nature that goes on before you can actually ask it to change. They always say the darkest hour before the sun is the one right before the sun comes up. So it's like as, as long as you know that there's a there's a time, there's a place for everything that you want to do, but you have to keep the word to yourself. Word is fine. Say it to yourself. Speak out to yourself. When you say you can do things, you are automatically telling yourself what you can do. When you tell yourself that you can't do something, then you're automatically giving your brain what it takes to not get something done. I said it before. You can put a smartphone in your hand right now. It won't do anything until you give it a command. Same thing with the words that you speak. When you tell your brain that you can't do something, it gives you 10 realities of the things that you did not possess fully or finish. But, and it, and, and, but it's just on the same token, if you speak those positive things into existence, now your brain gives you 10 realities of the things that you have accomplished before. And that endorphin release is so powerful and so strong that you have the ability and the awareness to make it happen over and over and over again. Every time that you go through something, that's just the understanding that you are built for something that you're trying to enhance, right? You want to enhance what you're doing. Why? Because once you enhance what you do, more people want to enhance the people around you. Want, more people want to be around you once they see the enhancement. Once they see that you are living better, your regimen is better, you have a routine, you have certain things that now that your track record is going to speak for you before you speak for yourself. 
These are the intangibles that you must possess. Discipline, hard work, dedication. Be consistently consistent in your endeavors. And I guarantee you, once you do something that you love, it's never considered work. It's never considered work if you can get up every single day and you love what you do. I love doing this. I can talk for hours and hours and hours and hours on end. Why? Because it's something that I love to do. I don't look at it as work. I don't look, I, I, when I do shows, I'm not saying I'm going out, I'm looking for money. Money is going to follow me. Money is going to possess, is, is, I'm going to find a way to possess it because I found a way now, I'm finding ways to help it work for me instead of me working so hard for it. Money is a tool. Essentially, money is an essential tool. And once you learn how to utilize that tool, you won't work as hard once you've mastered the ability to earn. That's where the value comes in. And if you can provide value, the money will follow. Any, any instance where you feel as if your value is being overlooked, then you need to go where you're celebrated and not tolerated. So many of us, including myself, wanted to be accepted in different parts of society, knowing that that wasn't who I was. That's not what I am. And I know that I deserve better and I knew better. But since I wanted to uh, just do exactly what I wanted to do, I ended up in situations that sat me down and had me give a real hard, in-depth analysis of what was going on in my life at that time. July 20th, 2008 will forever be a day that I'll never forget. I'll never forget July 20th, 2008 at 2.45 a.m. Why? Because I was shot. Shot at nine times, I might add. And a lot of times when I think about where I, where I came from, even just on that day, everything about that day was just wrong to me. Some things were just saying, today just didn't feel like the day that I was going to live. And I had a bad feeling. Anytime I get those bad, eerie feelings, I like to go the opposite way because I feel as if that intuition comes in and I need to uh, de-escalate my anxiety because all it's going to do is just enthrall and throw and throw me into something that I don't want to be a part of. So July 20th, 2008 changed my mindset because sitting down for those weeks at a time with two big holes in my leg and having to learn how to walk again and learning that I have permanent nerve damage in my leg for the rest of my life, I had to reevaluate some things and make sure that my word was bond because I had to tell these things to myself in order for me to believe them. Because if I'm not believing what I'm saying, how can I get someone else to believe half of what I've said? Word is bond. Some things aren't produced because it's not time yet. It takes as long as it takes. You can't 21 years. Like ET said, 21 years takes 21 years. You can't rush 21 years. You can't rush time. You can't stop time. But the one thing that you can do is be consistently consistent in the time being. Change up your attitude. Change your goals. Let go of that ego. Drain the pride. Let go of the leeches. They're doing nothing but draining you in the first place. It takes as long as it takes. Don't try to get rid of every single thing as soon as a, as a drop of a hat. That's why that you got to be covered by the covenant. Because if you're covered, then you can understand the covenant of the under. You can understand the covenant of the blessings bestowed upon you. You have the people around you. I told you, your sacred circle, your dreams, the expiration dates, the director's cut, all of these type of uh, scenarios of the episodes that I've done is to help mobilize you in a way where upward mobility will always be the key to success, mentally, physically, and emotionally. That's where we're at with this right now. Because how much time do you take on decision-making? Because if you were to read a little bit more every single day, 
then you can have a better understanding of your feelings. You can have a better understanding of where you're supposed to go. You have a better understanding of what a routine looks like. You have a better understanding of how it feels to love yourself. And then you get to spread that love amongst people across the world. That's what it's about. It takes as long as it takes. You cannot rush nature. That's one thing about the relationship. Every relationship should be reciprocal. If you if you are in any situation where the relationship isn't reciprocal, find a way to reposition that person because you don't necessarily have to get rid of them, but you can reposition them to where you can see them across the room instead of being directly in your face. I love you, but I love you from a distance. I love you enough to reposition you because right now where you're at in your life, we don't have a, a mutual understanding. And even if we did, you have an ulterior motive because you don't understand what it is to love yourself yet. In its entirety. So how much time do you take on decision making? I told you I want to read two books. I read two books a week. Why? Because I want to have knowledge. Having knowledge is power. Why is Warren Buffett reading 1962 Forbes every single day or every other day? Because success doesn't have a year on it. Success does not have a year. So when you want to be successful, you need to emulate what's been successful already. In 1962, that was a great year for people in business. So why not try to emulate what was done once before? What's to come is better than what's been. And what's to come right now is a better understanding of where you can go mentally, physically, emotionally, and we can go places we've never been before. Let's go. You know, I'm going to always say that. Why? Because I love you and I want to see you do better. Because when you do better, I'm better. And if I'm better, we're better together. Community of unity. Let's grow together. Let's build. There are certain things that have been taken away from us that we just have to come together and get out of that crab barrel effect. Crab in the barrel effect, I should say. There's no reason for us to continue to watch the, the, the demise of our own when we can come together collectively and have our own of whatever it is that we want to possess. Word is bond, right? Let's go. Life is what you make it. Life isn't, you know, when people say life is short, it's short to, to a certain degree. But it's only short if you remain stagnant in your everyday capabilities. If you don't see what it is to enhance what your life could possibly be, then yes, of course, it seems short to you because you're not doing anything with the time that you've been given. But there are many other people who want to take your spot and see you in the spot that you're in. And even though you're not happy in your spot, they don't want to see you in yours. They want your spot that you got. So how hard do you work on bettering yourself, making better decisions? Because a lot of times. By what we eat, by what we do, by how we act, it takes away from the, the divine process of sleep. It takes from the, away from the divine process of mind allocation, upward mobility. You start to strip yourself of those things because you don't ha- you're not thinking with a clear mind. It's very important to put your best foot forward and understand that you must treat yourself right first. Love yourself first, because if you love yourself enough, all everything else will fall in place as well. It takes as long as it takes. You can't cheat the process. And like I said, every relationship should be reciprocal. I can't ask the flowers not to grow if they're being watered. That's a reciprocal relationship. The water flowers, the flower, it grows. I can't ask for when I'm, when I'm watering the fertilizer and I plant the seeds. I told you last week, reaping and, and reaping and sowing. So I have a harvest of people that I've sowed with. And now I get to reap the benefits of whatever it is that I sold. But a lot of us have sold with the wrong people, and now you're reaping things that you cannot use. How long will you reap the things you use that you, how long can you reap the things that you can't use? 
How long? How long are you going to continue to put yourself in a position where you know someone is draining you, but you share the same bloodline so you think it's fine? Stress doesn't have a, a, a relative, but what they will do will mute is mutate. And when I say that, stress just gets stronger. It's like you giving it life. And the more that you give it life, the more that it leeches and it takes away from you. I don't care who you are to me. If you take away from me and you don't reciprocate, then I have to reposition you. I didn't say I get rid of you, but I will reposition you into a place to where now I can function because functionality is something that I pride myself on. I'm consistently consistent. I just made four years vegan life. Now I got to get myself some. Got to get myself some more now. Got to get myself some more now. We made four years, man. No meat, no, none of that. No medications. Um, for just a little, a, a little bit of my backstory, I had seven polyps in my colon in 2018. I had all seven removed, six were benign, one was cancerous. So from going to having seven polyps, one cancerous polyp, uh, permanent nerve damage in my left leg from the gunshot wound that I received in 2008, being in a hospital bed for six days, no water, no food, no ice, that you come to a realization that I must change some things about myself. And in order for me to uh, build and grow, I have to build and grow within Patrick. I have to build and grow within myself because if I don't love myself enough to make a change, then who's going to do it for me? No one. No one's coming. (laughs) Right? You have to make sure that whatever it is that you do, you are happy while you're doing it. And it may sound simple, but that's where the basis is. You don't have to think too deep. You want to be happy, right? Why do you want to be happy? Because when you're happy, you do better. And when you do better, you act better. You be better. You love better. You cherish things more. There's a better understanding of where you can go once you've already put that best foot forward. I told you, I've lost 127 pounds. I got two guns, two, every morning. You know what, what let, me take, let me say this about my gunshot wounds. The other day, I got out the shower, and I normally never look at my gunshot wounds. I really never paid any too much attention. But this day, I was getting ready to go for a run. And... I looked at my gunshot wounds because I have one on the side of my leg and then it came out through the back. And I remember the moment I got shot, it was a traumatic experience to me because not only was I intoxicated, I'd never felt a pain like that before in my life. And I know a lot of times I just skim through that part of just getting shot. You know, like, man, you got shot? No, not Patrick. No, what? Yeah. Because I, I wasn't true to myself. My, my bond, my word wasn't my bond then. And going through that time frame of just watching blood just leave out my body, I'm just looking down, and I'm just like, this is it. All of the things that I, I hadn't accomplished at that time in 2008, I, I just thought that my life was over. And God delivered me from that because I was about an inch and a half away, the bullet, the bullet wound, the bullet holes, I should say, were about an inch and a half away from my main artery in my leg. And if you know anything about, if you hit a main artery, that's the main artery, that's where mostly the blood flows through. And it's like, you take that out and you don't, you know, get this situated real fast, you can die off. And I remember laying on the ground, just looking up at the sky. And God revealed to me so many different things on, you know, two holes in my leg. But it's like so many people were talking to me, but I heard nothing. 
I heard nothing. I, I was just talking to God. And I was like, you know what? I'm not ready to leave yet. I was like, I'm not ready to leave. I have so many different things. I hadn't had children yet. Just going back to that day, July 20th, 2008, 2.45 in the morning. I, I just can't forget that. My, and I said to myself then, I was like, I'm, I'm going to do different. I'm going to be better. But I was in a deep depression. I was in, I had anxiety, uh, anxiety attacks just about every day because I was trying to fit into a mold that wasn't for me. I was trying to fit into a scenario that wasn't for me. I, I wasn't hanging around the people who uh, had my best interest at heart. Not everyone, but just some people who you know is like, you probably shouldn't be with those people, man. But yet and still, all of these things going through my mind, laying on the ground. The ambulance took forever to come get me, you know, and then they took me all the way to 64th in California to Holy Cross. And I remember going in that that hospital room, the hospital Man, it was so many people screaming and hollering and crying and so much. And I remember looking up at the wall, like, because they were doping me up. Because, like I said, I had two big holes in my leg. I was losing blood like crazy. And I remember just seeing, like, fingerprints of, like, someone, like, trying to stop them from going into the room. It was just blood just all down the wall. And I'm like, man, this isn't for me. I'm like, God, show me a sign on, on, on not to do this again or not to be around certain people. And I get to my room. It's, I can't even remember the guy's name, but this guy is like sitting in there, man. He fell off his motorcycle. He had got shot at that morning. And he tumbled off of his bike at like 85 to 90 miles an hour. And I'm sitting there full of Oxycontins or whatever they was giving me at the time to keep me coherent. This guy was missing half of his face, like legit half. And he had like rocks and pebbles and stuff in his face and i'm like yo why am i in this room with this guy you know it's like why why is this a thing but he had a message and he he had said he was like you have something special about you that your life is not going to end today and for somebody that i i did not know i just met you because we both made decisions that night that got us to the hospital on 64th in california and I, I just, I thought I was done that night just for the simple fact that I was losing so much blood and they were so concerned about uh, my leg. They were like, he's just losing too much. We don't know exactly what we're going to do with this. That was a wake-up call. And I had many other wake-up calls after that, two more uh, specifically because these are the last two I felt like I was on my last strike. When I went to that hospital to get my uh, my polyps removed, I'm telling you, man, they they were trying to force me with a colostomy bag because the doctor had poked a hole in my intestines. So when he poked a hole into my intestines, you have a your intestines are like a three layer cake. Right. And all three layers, he had burned off a layer because of the polyp had grown. It was a nucleus inside of my colon. And the polyp, once he tried to burn it off, it started to grow and it was going to explode in my colon if he could not burn it off in time, mind you, I'm under sedation because of the colonoscopy uh, process. I don't know what's going on. I wake up thinking everything's fine. This is mind you, this is 2017. I wake up thinking everything's fine. This is October 31st, 2017. I'm very good with dates because I'm, I'm just good like that. <laughs> but he tells me, you know, you're fine. You're ready to go home. Blah, blah, blah. Wake up the next morning. I instantly fall to the floor. For three hours, 
my body had went into a a, a partial semi shock, a paralysis shock, where I could not move, but I could only blink my eyes, and that was all that I could do for three hours. And at the time, Farrah was only three years old. No, she was two. Farrah was two years old, and she was talking, but she still didn't have a a, a full understanding of what was going on with me and why tears were coming down my face while she's looking at me for two hours. <laughs> Mm. To go back to that just means a lot because here I was laying on the floor for two and a half hours, three hours, looking at my daughter thinking that I'm dying because a part of me was dying because I had a hole in my intestines that I did not know. And I had almonds the night before, so the almonds went throughout my entire body and it was actually sicking me, sicking, (laughs) making me sick. But it was sickening the, the the pores, the blood flow. So it was it was putting a halt to how my body normally operates because the body was just trying to figure out like why is there food in the main bloodstream? Why is there food where places it shouldn't be at right now? And those almonds that I ate the night before were tearing my insides up. And anyone who's familiar with diverticulitis, you understand exactly what I'm talking about because if you eat the smallest kernel, the smallest piece of anything, it feels like little razors are being cut throughout your stomach. So I had a hole in my colon the size of a golf ball, a tennis ball, I should say. And I wake up. I can't move for three hours. They rush me to the hospital. They tell me, Mr. Johnson, we're about to put a colostomy bag in your stomach in 15 minutes. We're about to oil you up and get you ready to go. Do you know I cried like a baby because here I am. You rush me to this hospital, and then without even hesitation, you automatically say, colostomy bag and i understand that wearing a colostomy bag any for any, those who are not familiar with a colostomy bag a colostomy bag is a bag that's instilled into your colon that helps you go number two basically and you you have no control on when you go to the bathroom you have no control on your urinary process you have no control on it whatsoever so all of these things the doctor he's saying these things to me as if it's just second nature which it is second nature to him because this is what he tells people every single day a form of it, he tells people bad news every single day. So he's like, yeah, you know, you won't be able to do this. You won't be able to do that. You'll have ED. And he just threw that in there like, I was like, ED, whoa, whoa. I was like, wait a minute, man. Like, can we, what are my options here? I have to just get a colostomy bag right now? By God's divine design, my doctor calls into the hospital and he says to them, I believe Patrick can, he's young enough to where his body can heal itself. Let's put him in the hospital for a few days run tests. Let's see how this all works out. Six days go by. This is how the veganism aspect came. People want to know exactly what helped me make this decision on being vegan. Like I said, I wasn't even going to go down this path, but I made four years on Monday, um, on Tuesday, on being on my vegan journey. And I'm, I'm very happy about that because not only did I lose the 127 pounds, I lost 127 bad habits. And I also eradicated the health problems. I eradicated the anxiety, the depression, the high blood pressure, the sleep apnea. Like, understand, I, had, I went to a sleep study where I woke up 150 times in one hour, I mean, in, in one eight-hour session. Now, that's not me waking up full uh, eyes wide open, but that means that my body organs weren't shutting down. So when I would get eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 hours of sleep, it felt like I got four. So when they told me that I get the equivalent of eight hours a month of sleep, that hurt me so bad because I was like, wait a minute, that's that why I have sleep apnea? That's why I can't breathe? That's why my I, I have uh, high blood pressure? My blood pressure was uh, just sky high all the time. 150 over, over 110 was normal to me. 
It was normal to me. But I was eating things that helped attribute the, the pain, the suffering, the sicknesses. So when I got rid of those things, they slowly but surely went away. The high blood pressure, gone. Sleep apnea, gone. Polyps, gone. Depression, gone. Anxiety, eh? Eh. Still there. I ain't perfect. But it's going down every single day. Me even doing this show. I, I wasn't even going to do this show for season four. Now I'm at season five. Changing lives. Changing my life. This, this gives me a better understanding of what I'm called to do. Words are spells. So when you speak, you spell out. When you say, I can do something, then you are telling your brain, I can do this. And it gives you realities of the things that you've already done. I told you, your, your track record speaks for itself. So if you continue to tell yourself a track, if you, if you, if you present and produce a, a track record of affirmations, the isms, <laughs> right? Every single day, you should be telling yourself something beneficial to your mental, to your physical, and emotionally, you will have a better understanding of where you can go. Because I didn't get the colostomy bag. I went six days, no water, no food, no ice, nothing but saliva and two IVs in my arms. For six days, seven days, the seventh day I get out the hospital. And I had told God, then I said, if you remove the things that are not like you, I promise you, I'll remove the things out of my life forever. And once I saw the good, the good things coming, I mean, I became an athlete overnight. <laughs> right i became an athlete overnight i i started running 5k's and running half marathons and biking 100 miles on my bike in the course of a day what i just start doing these things and once you start believing you can start achieving and then you repeat that believe achieve repeat that's the bar and once you do that you remain consistently consistent you'll love what you do it's very important to tell yourself you love yourself why because once you love yourself you will possess that love for others and once others see that you possess love for them, now it's a domino effect of positivity. I told you, I want you to win. Even if we're not sitting at the same table in the cafeteria, I want you to be in the same room. Be in this room. Be included. Inclusion is a, it's one of the most important things that we can possess because everybody wants to be included in something. That's why we're so nosy. I'm working on mine because I ain't nowhere near as nosy as everybody else. <laughs> right? But the, it's the truth. Like I, I'm not perfect, so anytime that I say like hey, Patrick deals with certain things as well, I'm getting back to my routine. I'm getting back to what's important to Patrick. What's important to me? What's important to you? Let's go. <laughs> oh man, I love it. Hey, I, this is a long episode for me. You know, I don't, I don't never go this long. But when you have something within yourself and you know that it can change the world, because I told you, information can change situations. Anytime information can change the situation, then you know that you are better off than where you started. And if you're better off than where you started, then you can bring someone else with you because now your track record, <laughs> your track record is speaking for you. They see the light in you. They see the light that you possess. You are the vessel in order for people to move forward and prosper and, be ch and, and cherish the moments. Don't automatically think about the finish line. Enjoy the journey. Because there may be something when, on this level, on these roads from 0 to 100, there may be something on level 67 that you just might miss. But since you saw someone else at level 70, you wanted to go up three levels. But now, now that you're level 85 and now you don't understand that now these trials and tribulations, those storms, you can't weather them. Why? Because you are built on weak structure. I told you you have to have a strong, uh, a high structure mind in order to have high structured dreams. You can't build on sand. So many people, like, they build relationships on sand. It's vain. It's what you see. It's not on the inside. You got to dig deep. That's the only time you need to be deep is when you're working on yourself. 
Others will see you. And I told you, <laughs> your track record, it speaks for you before you speak for yourself. So if people see that you possess that light, you're that beacon of light. You're that shining light that they see that they want to possess. They don't want to emulate you, but they want to emulate the feeling. And if you can give that feeling to the people, then the people will give you that feeling. And then you all are growing and building and doing things you've never done before. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Hey, I um, definitely want to say I appreciate every single person who, who likes, shares, subscribes, saves the videos. I'm very, very appreciative. You can uh, download this on Pandora Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pato Polo, um, Castbox, Overcast. There's so many different streaming sites. Wherever you listen to your podcast, I'm on there. Okay, so just go ahead and download it now. You can go to ClearMindFitness.com where um, I'm going to be putting up the videos, and I'm also will be doing replays on Clubhouse. Last week it was phenomenal. I did one of the replays. Um, man, even the listeners, I had more listeners because I do have a nice follow on there as well. So if you can go, um, I'm going. I get back on there maybe two to three times a week now. Just for morning, morning inspiration, morning motivation. Um, that's what I love. I told you I love doing it. it it's effortless for me to do that. Um, getting on that show is the replays. The replays are phenomenal. And I do questions and answers as well. So if you want, you can go follow me on Clubhouse at the PDOT Show. Um, you can follow the Clear Mind Fitness Podcast on Instagram and Clubhouse. Uh, you can join the club where I will be doing the giveaways. I have a few Martin giveaways, too, that I'm so excited about. Because, you know, I love Martin. So get up on you guys, Martin. I have a lot of Martin trivia. I have a whole lot of Martin trivia. And I'm going to be doing, like, you know, uh, maybe $5 here, $10 there if you get these questions right. Like, do, like, five questions a week. Something like that. Do, like, five questions a week. And uh, we're going to keep it rolling, baby. We're going to keep it rolling. Yeah. <laughs> hey, on that note, man, just know that I love you. I love you. I love you. And there's nothing that you can do about that. And I'm out. It's Clear Mind Fitness, baby. Let's go.